You're listening to the new boss. I'm your host, Emily Bauman. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of The New Boss, Beings of Sacred Service. I'm your host, Emily Bauman, and today I have the sublime pleasure of hosting a chat with the one and only Gabriel. Gabriel is co-founder of the School of the Modern Mystic. He is co-founder of ethical clothing line Nomadica and one of the most delightful humans that I get to call friends. Looking at Gabriel... You see what you would call a real-life wizard. Because of his stature, he is tall, he's got undercut curly hair like a Viking. He has this presence of a gentle, innocent being that you could see just getting along with any child, any animal, and yet these piercing blue eyes of a freaking bird, really Phoenix vibes. So that is the dear brother we call Gabriel. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you here, sister. We're going to transmit some magic. (laughs) So for those who don't know you, Gabriel, how would you describe yourself or your spiritual awakening? What would you like to share with us? I would say my journey is a beautiful madness. That this journey has, at the same time, been a journey of deepening into my being and moving through childhood traumas but on the other side of that there is always a magic moment of saying thank you lord thank you god thank you whatever that supreme force is for guiding this being's path Mm. so i feel my journey has been a journey of transmutation and what does that word mean to you that word means to me that we must go down like the phoenix into our deepest traumas as as a completely vulnerable and awakened heart and be intimate with all the experiences that we've had through our childhood years and because I just feel we're in this time of we can say Kali Yuga where we are going into the darkness in order to rise. And most of us, I can speak for myself, uh, have had childhoods that haven't been perfect. We've had parents that are, had a lot of programming from ancestral lines. You know, we've had world wars and everything else. And this influences kind of the relationality between our parents, which then directly influences relationality towards us and how through that maybe we've created barriers to love. Mm, So in a sense, I hear you saying our parents' numbness and their inability to process anger, rage, deep sadness and more lower frequency emotions because they were not allowed, they have in one sense passed that on to us for us to process Absolutely, and that is exactly why we came down here to be the game changers and the code breakers to work with that very energy and allow that transmutation process. So this is the magic for most of us that have chosen this path and this is why I feel uh, it's very important to do the work, the inner work, but focus around the emotions that we keep deep inside, the emotions that are expressed, that rage, that anger, that shame, that guilt. We have to be able to go into them and find pathways into them. You know, it's something that much of us that have come here, especially the star seeds, something that comes very naturally to us is activations, and that's why you see a lot of this, you know, light language and everything else. We know the higher codes, but Part of the gift of coming here is to be with the density of the emotions Mm. and learn what they are teaching us and how they interact with the body and the body as a gateway for transmutation, transformation, transfiguration. So uh, I think there's there's a lot of... Oh, we have a visitor. Kitty. Kitty. So we got some... 
kitty codes coming through here from Lyra, straight up. We are tuning in from a very special portal here in Mexico called Amatlan. So we are surrounded by sunlight in a garden with beautiful lilies and cats and fuzzy blankets. So I just wanted to make this beautiful. And elemental beings. And elemental beings. <laughs> prospensities. So Gabriel, what does it mean to you to be a multidimensional being? Because I hear you speak about choosing to be here. Like we have a sovereign role that we play when we choose our lifetimes, our bodies, our parents, our jobs, our careers, our gifts, our blueprints, our astrological charts. Is that kind of how you see things? What does it mean to be multidimensional? What does it mean to be multidimensional? I feel it is to be your purest and most authentic essence. And for many of us star seeds, that is to really tune into the fullness of our being. And that pathway is unlocked naturally. I like to use the tree as the perfect uh, analogy of when we are anchored into earth and we are then from those deep roots into the earth, which can represent the deep roots into our unconscious and our aspects, then that energy can rise up through the chakra system into our hearts and the higher expression and through that connection of both heaven and earth then we activate this nature of simultaneous awareness Mm -hmm. and that's when we can tune in to all these different aspects of our soul and receive those gifts and receive the knowledge of our soul that's incarnated so many times on different planet, different dimensions, different, and all this integration that comes together in a beautiful emergence is that multidimensionality. But the game here on this earth, the video game on this earth, is to go down before going up. That is my experience. Ooh, I love that. Go down before you go up, like the lotus flower. You need the mud and the muck and the mire of the swamp in order to have the nutrients and the ability to grow deep roots and shoot up like the lotus flower through the swamp and then rise and present the most perfect feminine essence, this beautiful flower that everyone admires and regards as a symbol of enlightenment, which is not possible without the muck. Without the muck and... I really feel that, as the astrology is speaking, we're in the age of Aquarius now and we're in the element of air. And what this is representing is that it's the collapse of the hierarchy into synarchy and that all of us can be a direct connection to that source. And I feel that this is different to other timelines on different planets where there's already ascended beings around. But in this time, we have to become our own ascended being through our direct connection and really use the soul families around us and the circles around us to create this coherency. So I feel that this is a beautiful time of community, of the round table, of unity with others. And us starseeds and the beings that have come down here to... Uh, awaken the planet must become nodes in the quantum field so there is this transference here and there and in that field to create this bubble of light that will allow the planet to reach its trajectory in which we came down to support Mm, I love that. We no longer need intermediaries, right? And we no longer need messiahs. We don't need to be saved. We are not victims looking for heroes. And the age of heroes is over. As much as I love Achilles and all of the, you know, the heroes of old, we get to be our own saviors now. And if we're looking for Christ to return, go do some shadow work and become the Christ. Exactly. Christo Sophia, right? And no more gurus either. <laughs> no more gurus. Okay, let's talk about oh. that. Ow, ow! Because I know you, my brother, have had some experiences with the guru path. See. And what was that like coming out of it? Did you have any resonance, like lessons? Yeah, I feel that for me, my primal wound was. Uh, father wound i know in other lifetimes that i've had a spiritual father that's guided me on my path and i was looking outside myself for that father and every time i looked outside for myself that that father i attracted a being that absolutely was 
in front of the show, in front of the lights, and on, on the chair of the darshan, can absolutely speak the highest truths and channel that ability of transmission. But then behind the scenes, there are all these ego playouts and the emotional maturity not being fully established with that same spiritual power that we do gain from past incarnations. So that's again why one of my things that I like to share is the importance of going down before up because once the spiritual ego is developed, it has a certain it's based upon a certain belief, whether I'm liberated, I'm enlightened, or these kundalini experiences that happen. And then that is a trap. It's such a hard trap to get out of. And I've seen time and time again, it takes a massive cosmic slap to humble someone from that spiritual ego. And I know that sometimes the path is perfect, but you know we can utilize this moment to receive that uh, transmission from my own experience and even myself having a spiritual ego for many years and, and thinking that I was a chosen ascended being and all this and that just brought me through a process of humility and again then uh, being able to see the unity and to see that we are all co-creating together and there's no chosen one we have to choose ourselves first that's so delicious and so simple see but it's tempting at the same time to want to find answers, si. to want to understand and feel safe in a world that, for me as a woman, often feels mm. perilous on an emotional level. And mm. myself, having grown up in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, during really uh, traumatic, inducing times with disasters and being held at gunpoint three times before I was even 15 years old. Mm -hmm. I love Haiti. It is my home. It is my joy. She is my mother, my mm -hmm. muse, and one of the most really riotous and tumultuous places mm -hmm. that a being could choose to grow up in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. So I spent over 10 years in a very uh, perilous environment and for that reason one of my deep shadow works to go into is feeling safe and See. trusting men and trusting other beings and it's very tempting to look outside of yourself to get safety See. to give away your sense of safety and that translates over to the religious side and the spiritual side as well doesn't it absolutely and i feel like this the experiences that we're given are the medicine we're meant to share with others that's our medicine all these experiences that you've been through in haiti in in the intensity of the tyranny going on there mm. and like you said you've shared experiences of being robbed at such a young age mm. and then the intensity of that emotion has the intensity also of transmutation that very experience has the intensity of bringing so much light into your being mm. and that's why um, we have to, at some point, we realize the perfection of the journey. But when we're in it, we don't see it. And you know, this is the same with me. Most of us starseeds were born very sensitive, very, very sensitive. And for me, I can remember, and this is something I've been working with lately, and I've been using a lot of earth medicine to help me, is my primal entry into this earth, my womb, in my mother's womb, and how... The intensity of the environment in a hospital, like, you know, hospitals are usually very dense energetic fields. There's my mother who's really anxious to even have me. You know, she doesn't have the support of my father. So my first imprinting in this world is really intense. And these are kind of the things that we have to go back into to bring wholeness into our being. And I feel something that's really helped me is to be guided into these spaces by a mentor and then utilizing a technique that I, I, I really resonate with is EFT. What is that? Can you tell us a bit about EFT? EFT. From your perspective, Gabriel. Yeah, so the way I see EFT, it's a technique that's very widely spread, but the way I receive it is it's utilizing certain nadis and points, spiritual nerves we can call them, or meridians that once tapped in a certain sequence will activate an energetic flushing system on both the physical and energetic levels and those different levels of our um, energetic makeup and basically in this tapping process and reliving the experience and actually saying exactly what you 
are experiencing in that moment and saying exactly what you want to say and being fully raw because that's that's the thing about in our childhoods we think about every time we wanted to express our emotions we were told by our parents don't be sad don't do this don't express you know we were suppressed be a good boy be, be a, a good, good boy. Yes. yes no boy. tantrums that very tantrum is exactly what needed to happen for the energy to get out and we were told to suppress suppress <laughs> suppress because that's what they were taught in their ancestral line we had to be strong and bury everything <sighs> but at some point what we bury then manifests in the physical body and then it manifests in a closed heart and then that unconditional love we can't have for ourselves we then project out to others and this creates this disunity that we're in and and that's why the importance of uh, if any people any beings are uh, having children this is so important to have done the inner work so you can be a vessel of the change through the new children i've seen some of the new children coming in as well they are mega mega next level beings that are already connected and and it's it's our role to guardian these beings from from a a whole place within ourselves Mm. so the eft technique works with the emotions and expressing the rawness of it is and and you know when i'm working with the eft i go crazy you know Mm. i drop f-bombs i i you know some of the things that come out of my mouth i you know but this is exactly what i was feeling in that moment right and, and you know this is the thing we kind of think that spirituality sometimes is love and light no way it, no, it, it's the grime <laughs> and like the wow and the, yeah and you know it is it is all yes, of it it's brother, all of it yes. it's all of it and the the guilt the self-hate all of it it's it's part of it and we have to embrace it we can't continue to get activated and escape those very dense emotions that are there and that's why we came here because we are the alchemists of these i love the idea of being triggered in public and just saying uh excuse me i just need to go to the restroom for a minute and you go in and you just literally then go into your tapping the top of the head under the eye you know the lip the chin and you're just like i am a piece of shit i am a piece of shit or like this fucking sucks i hate everyone or i'm never good enough how could they fucking do that how could you do that to me what the fuck and then it goes back you do that as you do it you go back into the actual primal experience of where that actually that person is just directing you to Mm. this primal experience and then what happens and then you basically go through it, you express everything it is. Maybe it was something you didn't say to your father or your mother or whatever it is. And then you, the emotion is expressed and then there's a recalibration in your field. And then you begin to program what you truly, what will be streamed through you. You become a vessel of what actually, ah, oh, wow, okay. So I am whole. I am complete. I do have the, the power and the authority within my being. I don't, I don't, I, I know how to speak through my, my, my heart. And like this full transmission will come through of whatever the situation is. And then you automatically, as the emotion is expression, will return to neutrality. And then from neutrality, then we're able to receive the medicine of the heart. Mm. And I, that's an amazing point, what you shared. We have to catch the trigger why it's hot yes so as soon as we get triggered that's the moment to excuse yourself and work with the eft technique or whatever technique works for you i'm sure there's many out there but this one works for me because the whole point of our external reality for me is it's the mystery school of life to manifest what is within us So these circumstances, these new people, whatever manifests is just literally a direct aperture into what's going on inside us. And they are a blessing. They are our teachers. Mm. And this is the thing that I'm working with at the moment. Judgment is a huge piece for me. And there's so many beings. I'm catching myself more and more like, wow, judgment. I'm judging others. What does this truly mean? This is me judging myself. Mm. And that's the journey. Anything that's coming outside of yourself is truly just a ego structure that's projecting out rather than welcoming in and loving and coming to wholeness with this child that was not loved, not received, 
not safe. And this is the journey into wholeness. And every day I am becoming more aware and aware of what the universe is co-creating for me to be able to do my internal work and really create wholeness in this primal aspects of my life from from the, the womb into the child and really come into I had this beautiful experience lately actually where this is on my birthday my solar return I feel that one of the syndromes out there and I'll just use that word is the in it, I'll say from a masculine presence the the boy with the staff mm. the boy with the spiritual power, the mm. boy with the intellectual understanding. But the boy is unable to fully allow that power to stream through his heart because he hasn't done his emotional work. And this is what I feel is the glitch in the guru complex because that model was previous. But I had this beautiful experience of this integration because that was me. I was the boy with the staff. And your teachers, your gurus, one after the other, were boys with staff. Exactly. With unresolved boyhood trauma who were acting out in inappropriate ways with unexpressed rage and just absolute bratty behavior from what I can understand. (laughs) Like shocking when you're streaming beautiful messages and people are like, wow, and you have hundreds and thousands of people hanging on your every word and then behind closed doors is just... A different story. I love your image of the boy with the staff. Yes, yes, Gabriel. Yes, and just to share, just to finish this this portal of transmission up, is that uh, yeah, in this experience, I actually did this ritual for my birthday, where I connected thirty two years around the sun, and I connected to my inner child and my inner teenager of every of those experiences every year what that brought up for me and that was a beautiful process of remembering everything and connecting to i was actually my birth name was ashley and i changed my name when i was 24 so i was connecting to ashley at all these points in my life and even my teenage years so much came up Mm -hmm. like i had so many memories of i've got to work with this i've got to tap on this but then at the end of it i had this beautiful experience of my child looking up to my teenager and saying, you are worthy, and pass the staff over. And then my, my teenager looking up at my adult, or my king, and passing the staff over. And it's like this integration process that is starting to happen of all my, uh, of my child, my teenager, and now my adult. And I think that is the journey of spiritual maturity, is that journey of moving from your child state and fully loving all those parts and having absolute compassion and understanding for every experience and then evolving and then you can be holding the staff in your mature adult being and that for a masculine that spiritual power can then be expressed through the heart because if the heart's not open there will always be a distortion and that's that's the thing i feel that even a millimeter of distortion, and then you become a guru, creates a whole other portal of distortion. So mm. it's exponentiated. And that's why it's so important. Even if you're a leader, spiritual leader is vulnerability, you know. And humility. And humility. Share, you know, share so openly with others about, yes, I'm, incre- you know, I, I, I'm can give incredible darshans and things, but I'm still going through things myself. It's like that humility to guide people. And isn't trust such an important piece of this? You know, there's no self-love without self-trust first. And how did you create this environment when you were doing your birthday meditation to create an atmosphere of trust where your inner child was in trust enough of the inner teenager to pass the baton on mm-hmm. was there any kind of meditation you did or was it just an inner essence that you cultivated yeah i feel that the more we do the inner work this inner trust is something that blossoms and it is just a moment of realization that you're being guided and to trust yourself is to trust the universe and mm. to trust the power of God that is moving through all of us. So trust is huge because 
even in this time where we have lost trust in all our external reality, all the systems, that's a portal within ourselves to trust what is moving through us. And there's just being, I can just speak to incredible experiences, even in this time of where God has opened portals in the most crazy circumstances. And I feel that trust then internalized is, is a portal of transformation. But again, we have to go to the point of our child where we lost trust in ourselves and where we lost trust in our first beings, our trust in our parents as well. So I think it's an inner realization. Mm. But we have to trace back first to realize where that trust was lost. The mother-father wound. Exactly. You can even go back further to the... If one imagines the original source having male and female archetypal qualities see, see. and feeling rejected from the original womb space, mm-hmm. you know, we had to be ejected in a sense from the realm of the womb of infinite possibilities in order to become incarnated beings with souls see. that were separate like drops in the ocean. So for me in this lifetime, one of the hardest things has been to almost reconnect with that source mother father Mm. archetype in a way that's forgiving for being Mm. kicked out of the house and it reflected my earth experience as we talk about so many of our cosmic situations exist in the earth life situations (laughs) because when i i left home at age 17 to go to university and i was always the youngest in the class and always felt very almost like the runt of the litter and having to go to university so young, just turning 17, leaving my island home, going to a foreign town. Um, My dear brother just dropped me off on the corner of the university dormitories, said, good luck. Some strangers came and picked up my bags with cheerleader pom-poms. And I was just in shock, you know, and all the other kids had their parents there, taking them out to lunch, helping them settle in. And I just felt so alone. And that was just one of the... It's like cosmic fingers pointing back to the original wound, just helping us. See, wow. Wow, and, and I, I think that's a perfect reflection of the trust, right? Yes. Because how everything just unfolded and you were being guided and I know it brought up things of being alone, but I think there was a force that was truly guiding you. Absolutely, and that sense of always being taken care of, learning to trust strangers and being able to make friends anywhere and learning my ability just to always rise and create lightness and beauty out of darkness. I think that's what all of these really dark situations were about, was actually just learning the infinite power of transmutation. You're being held at gunpoint, tied up on the floor, and then you're able to relate to people who have been through horrible situations and the Mm. empathy grows. But circling back to what you spoke to earlier, my own little inner girl with the staff, what I found out this year, turning 35, is that I had been operating on a level without integrating the true pain that I experienced. Mm. So I was jumping all the way to looking at the gifts of resilience, of you know being able to turn on my light anywhere to inspire in dark places i've worked in the united nations and humanitarian crises and i i said i can survive anywhere i'm so tough but what i didn't do until this year is deal with the rage anger and betrayal that i Mm. felt to those who did not protect me Mm. and so it's been a beautiful almost like working in parallel with you even though we didn't know we were doing the same anger releasing work to just say okay I felt so angry and so betrayed by the ones called my parents who were meant to, you know, treat me like a cherished little daughter and I never felt that energy. Mm. And they were doing their very best, of course. And I love my parents. We have a beautiful relationship and always have. But it was really necessary. In order to become a woman and become my own parent, I had to admit that there were things wrong with that fundamental relationship. I had to admit I was angry at them. I had to tell them what I was truly feeling, even risking um, what it it felt at the time like I needed to be able to risk losing them as parent figures in order to become my own parent. 
And then after things are deeper than ever and more beautiful than ever, and the intimacy grows up in that space of truth telling. But I just honor you for the the work you're doing, because I also know you have such incredible spiritual gifts, and I've been on the receiving end of you being able to see soul streams, just like Harry Potter level magic. <laughs> <laughs> and most people would just be in awe, but you've you've come full circle to humility. So I just honor you for that. Yeah, thank you so much. And just to resonate on what you're sharing, this year has definitely been a portal into anger. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest wounds for men is the mother wound. Mm. We have a men's circle here and I also work with uh, some men. And this wound is so deep and uh, it often comes with a lot of anger because that feminine part of our being is rejected or mm. is not given to us through the mother's love it's a really a bind because there's a point in that process for many of us and they talk about this in psychotherapy where at one point the mother and I are one mm. you know you're in the body you're in the womb of the mother and you're you're one with the mother and then you know when you come out and and you see your mother and you receive that gaze and if that gaze is not fully unconditional love then automatically, whatever that gaze represents is your version of love. Wow. And this journey of the mother wound has been so deep and is the source of so much anger because it's like the love that I felt that I needed to receive from my mother that I wasn't given. And also how most uh, feminine these days, especially what I could speak about my mother, she was very masculine because the, the patriarchal world automatically creates that masculine current. And that's not the way for all mothers, but this was my experience. So this journey into femininity and the feminine part of my being. And can you make that real for us? What are the, the aspects that you would consider feminine? Like the nurturing, the receiving? Exactly. I think as men, number one is we've never been taught how to express our emotions and there is such a power in doing men's circles because to express and be vulnerable in front of other men where there are so many timelines of us waging war against either and, and there's so many wounds between men of competition over women over money things like this these things that have separated brothers so to come into a circle and speak from your heart express your emotions is one of the first steps with men and the second step with men is that self-love and and that that receiving that receiving aspect and we're just as men we kind of have this idea that we've always got to be doing something masculine we've got to be working we've got to be creating but there has to be a balance of receiving and self-nurturing for me, mass, giving myself massages and also get, receiving massages, um, this intimacy with myself, this uh, walk, like nature is a way that I, that I receive. So finding ways that we can receive mm-hmm. as men, receive. And this is, I think, the integration of that feminine aspect as we, as we open up those portals to receive love and give ourselves love. Is an important unfolding. That's beautiful. And then when you come in contact with the feminine being, she can feel completely safe See. to rage and to be a wild exactly. storm. And you are like an oak tree with open branches, and your roots are so deep because they're not corroded with unexpressed rage or anger exactly. or mother wounds. And then the woman hardly even needs to rage for more than a second because she just feels this essence of safety. Exactly. And then she can return to her balance neutrality of love and all that she would like to be in that moment i just honor you so much for doing the work and anyone listening if you find a men's circle if you can begin a process like tapping Mm. or i would even say something as simple as drinking cacao which is a heart opening medicine of chocolate love and i have a recipe that i'll put in the show notes for you for my own sacred cacao morning ritual recipe but there's a lot to say about what do-do and a lot to say what, please, we do not encourage you to do. Because the world is also rife with 
how can we say fake shamans <laughs> and there have been so many experiences in my own life where I was seeking guidance and mentorship and I looked in all the wrong places because I didn't use my internal discernment and clarity and I didn't trust my sacral womb sí. wisdom because there are so many unqualified people sí. playing with massively powerful plant medicine and A, we don't even need plant medicine to go into these portals. Mm -hmm. Breath is often the ultimate mm -hmm. conveyor into your mm -hmm. most repressed, most deeply mm -hmm. numbed out, frozen emotional bodies of trauma and rigidity. Breath is enough in my experience. Um, but Gabriel, do you want to speak at all to, to that realm? <laughs> Absolutely. This has been a journey for myself because I was once a glamour shaman. <laughs> you were once a glamour shaman. <laughs> yes. So this Come on. Home. I feel there's just this nature of our reality at the moment in this instant gratification. And we've lost the powerful rituals of our indigenous brethren and sisterhoods of the rites of passage and I feel that many of us if that is our sole mission to become shamans and things we have to go through our rites of passage now I give the example always of the way in the Shipibo tribe in the Amazon jungle shamans pick from birth and there's a divination practice and they're trained from five years old so this is the ayahuasca see practices in for example peru right sí. so what's the divination discernment like in that tribe to pick the next shaman at five years old well there's a tobacco called mapacho and when that's blown over the top of one's crown if it's able to blow straight that shows that that being has that direct connection to source and can be a channel of that and then they begin a process of training from five years old yeah. to be that very being. Now, I think we're in a different timeline now where there are things are accelerated. But I feel that the importance here is that training begins down before up. And I see a lot of spiritual shamans, glamour shamans, and this was me included, is that actually I utilize the medicine to open my spiritual gifts. But at the same time, I wasn't able to be intimate with beings that are going down. And then basically in the energetic field, I wasn't giving the full presence towards that. I would use activation techniques to bring them out of those lower experiences. So in this journey, if you're called to do plant medicine, these are the things I would recommend. Number one is when you choose a shaman, make sure you're choosing them from your lower three chakras not your higher three, and be in connection with them, be grounded. Because any being, I feel, as much as they go up, they have to be able to go down. And there has to be vulnerability, there has to be humility, and there has to be this, this connection to one's emotions. And just, if you're going to pick a shaman, hang around with them for a while. See, see how they, they are, and uh, whether these lower three um, chakras are being expressed through their being. Number two is... There's a lot of these ceremonies these days that are 40 people wide, 40, 50 people. That is crazy. That mm. is absolutely crazy. And that would be huge transference because basically in a field of energy like a ceremony, you're creating a collective field. And when everyone's fields are open, there can be transference of energy between. And this is why, you know, it's best to do a small ceremony so the shaman can hold the space. I would say you need a shaman for every three or four beings you mm. know, or support. And that's so important. These are the ceremonies that are run on mere resources and, and it, it doesn't resonate with me. It's irresponsible, Absolutely. energetically dangerous. You have dark portals opening, wormholes, people's trauma bleeding into others' consciousness. We have cases of people who have psychic breakdowns, exactly. need psychiatric care. It's not something to be messed with. This is very powerful. And exactly. so I just want to reiterate what you said about needing to be as deeply 
grounded in the earth from which the medicine mm-hmm. comes just as much as you have all of these high level magical skills popping out of your crown and third eye you know we get so glamorized and impressed with people's spiritual gifts exactly. seeking them oh my gosh you can astral travel i want to know how grounded you are exactly. <laughs> i don't care <laughs> and that's the thing there's often we are chasing the high in these ceremonies and we jump from ceremony to ceremony i was in serious I was in some galactic realm. Actually, did you go down? You know? And that's the point of ceremony for me is there is a blossoming, yes, but first every ceremony should be used to go down. And then that humbles us. And then when those high experiences do happen, we're ready to receive them and the spiritual ego is not uh, glamorized. I think, again, this comes back to a lot of our conversation of really being grounded in our decision-making because once our fields are open in that ceremony, Mm. we're giving our life literally a big potential of unfoldment into someone else's hand because if that ceremony is not coherent, then it creates reverberations in the field on an energetic level, on many layers of our energetic field, you know, even the subtle layers. I've had experiences of of many inserts come into my field. Inserts? Yeah, just like, because we're so open, there's just transference. So we just have to be so, so grounded in our decision-making and be the tree. And be, I would say also, we've talked about this, but curious about your own lineage. Mm -hmm. And how can we say, instead of running to Peru or coming to Tulum or going for more quote-unquote exotic indigenous traditions mm-hmm. why not discover the richness of our own indigenous so, shamanic lineages from which we've been cut off from for maybe 500 maybe a thousand years but it's just something i'm so curious about and really have the intention to become a student of european celtic so, and the practices of those shamanic lineages the druids why not? Just because we don't have books written, because a lot of them are primarily oral traditions Absolutely. on purpose to protect the magic and the words had to be spoken a certain way with a certain charge and a certain frequency of the heart behind them to work. But we do have living masters and stay tuned for more conversations on this topic with very knowledgeable beings who know. But what do you think about that? About, you know, if you are from an African lineage, why not go deep into that zone while celebrating all the cultures and learning from each other? But it just feels like we need all 12 tribes to be fully in tune with their full power and their own branch of the tree in order to rise and have the earth flourish. Absolutely. I think there, well, I'll start with this is the. The blessing of traditions being orally transmitted is that one has to be literally anchored enough to receive the transmission. In plant medicine ceremonies, we activate the chemistry in our beings to be able to receive. But in these oral traditions, you have to be able to do the the lower work first to actually open up to receive that subtle frequency. So it's actually a natural initiation. And There are many practices in these indigenous tribes. You know, just drumming can take you into a trance. Mm. Breath work can take you into a trance. Dancing can take you into a trance. So there are many other activities. There's just this big kind of flux and thing about plant medicine at the moment moving through the planet. But there are very natural ways to receive the same intuitive inner realizations just through practices that are more simple or more at our fingertips and my being really resonates with the druid tradition Mm. and the druids are a very simple folk and they utilize nature as their church and they begin to commune with nature as an expression of god and through nature to be intimate with nature and to be present with nature going on hikes going on walks, and just begin to tune oneself with the natural frequencies of nature. And this this actually, again, I'll just speak to 
this because this also parallels with, for example, the, sh- the beings that I met in, in the Amazon jungle. They were born in nature. And how long did you spend there? I spent over 120 days in total. Mm. They're born in nature. So automatically their sensory apertures are beginning to attune to nature's field. Mm. If you think about us these days, we're born in a city. We're born in Wi-Fi and everything else. There is this subtle connection that can be established in nature that then brings us into resonance with different realities that are playing out. And nature can always be a teacher to our own inner alchemical process. So I just feel that there are other gateways Mm. for one to explore. And sometimes don't go too far away. You don't have to go to Peru. You don't have to go to wherever, Mexico or whatever. (laughs) Explore what's already there. As you're saying, there are so many rich traditions. And I've met many beings that are still like, I've met a Viking recently that's still upliving the wisdom of the Viking tradition and, and connecting to that, that pool of knowledge that is still encoded in the land as well. Mm. It's still there. Go to the power spots of the land of where you are and receive from the land. Receive the coatings that are there, inherit in the land. Just going there can bring back memories. So it's not always the path to do 500 plant medicine ceremonies it's the path to explore your own internal reality first and of course maybe there's a perfect guidance to do a medicine ceremony but know that there are other pathways Mm -hmm. and it's not the only path the more we can connect from an internal space and not rely on the chemistry of something else the more we become empowered and i would just like to emphasize the level of multidimensionality that you can experience in nature like full-on dmt trips can be had with your breath sitting by a river and staring Mm -hmm. at a butterfly can make you feel like you're on a foreign planet and then transfer you like you really can go on these galactic journeys it's not like "Mm, this is very calm meditative state it can be or you can freaking fly. You can lift off, you know? Like this week in Amatlan, I have felt so many things. I'm like, whoa, I need to go back to Tulum, which is a power portal, but calm compared to this in some ways. Exactly. Because I'm not calibrated to this, these mountains and this energy field. But it's just, I just want to emphasize, it's not some kind of gentle version for people who feel they want to go rock and roll, go into nature, go into power places, open yourself up, be vulnerable, and then get ready, baby. (laughs) Absolutely. And a lot of these experiences, again, based on one sensitivity. Yes. So, again, we talk about the density of emotions, and once we become more subtle then these experiences can present themselves in the most magical places and then it comes from our own empowerment rather than taking something to induce or we can just do a practice that we learnt through dance, through Mm. drumming, through Mm. singing. There are many inherent gifts that we have that we don't have to look outside for to induce these transcendent states. Yes, the sound harmonics are so powerful. Exactly. Have you been using toning at all? Just making guttural or intuitive sounds to clear your emotions? Absolutely. I feel that the voice uh, is a very powerful point of expression, even the the voice chakra, the, Mm. the throat chakra. So I often, even in many of my moments of anger, when I was processing anger, you know, screaming, yelling, there's a point where that then begins to transmit and change. That expression of the anger, I feel, then starts to change the voice's frequency. Wow. And then, of course, there's these beautiful uh, tones that start to come out and, and like tones of angelic nature and, and things like this. So I feel that this is something that we've... The power of the spoken word in many cultures was an incantation. It was something so powerful. And there are languages that are of more vibrational spin in relation to other. And that's why sometimes when we do, when we, for me, when I, when I went through the anger and I was, ah, fuck you, fuck ah, and then I got into this, and the toning started to come through and I was moving with that rhythm and toning and full transmission. 
full transmission and then again having an organic experience、mm-hmm. through this often happens as we <laughs> get the emotions out we are automatically opening a portal of this incredible expression and that's、mm. why the emotions are the portal boom boom they are the portal to <laughs> Enlightenment. Absol- exactly, <laughs> organic, incredible experiences. That's the beauty in this: is that with every emotion, there's an alchemy point、mm. of where that anger transforms and opens a portal to power, empowerment, expression, whatever it is. It's like if this is what's so beautiful about this process. And there's been many moments when I've been in the dread of my emotions, you know, and. Just those days sometimes that orchestrate you to be really in the dread, and I just say to myself, "This too shall pass. This too shall pass." And they're the moments where I've experienced the the full power of of the presence that is moving through us.、Mm. And do you feel that presence when you connect with your home planet? Would you like to speak at all about? You know, some of us have soul archetypes that were incepted in different dimensions, realms like the the Earth being realms, the maybe Water World of Sirius B or Orion. What is your home calling? Just to wrap up with a little homecoming message. Well, <laughs> you may see that I am dressed in the blue of Sirius today. Yes. So the blue star is definitely. The point of this soul's journey, and the blue star, is where many souls that have come down, as many of us star seeds have, to shake things up here on Earth. Yeah. And I remember my my time on the blue star. Only the little, little, and this was the source of my father wound. And leaving my master, but anyway, then moving from the blue star to Venus is the transitionary portal, and I have many, many memories of that incredible planet of the the pink skies of divine love and the incredible. Most of our clothing actually comes from the royalty in Venus. Nomadica. See, a、yeah. lot of our the kaftans and everything else come from memories of the royal beings, but their clothing is is. Translucent essence that is、uh, vibratory particles at the the point of physical intensity, just a touch of physical nature.、Mm, And it's, wow! It's beautiful to see that luster. I'll just add that Nomadica has clothing made out of rose petals,、See. and we'll add the link in the show notes for anyone interested in these divine raiments. <laughs> see, see, the rose petal actually was an interesting journey from Vanasi. And Mother Mary、uh, came forth, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> Venus. <laughs> that's why I'm here in Amatlan. I feel again I'm guided here through Quetzalcoatl, who there's a portal here to Venus. I'm sure of it, and、uh, this is where he landed. With all these stories, there's a mythic legend, and there's always deeper symbolic meaning,、mm. and we have to be able to encode the meaning of, of and interpret it. Through our heart, so yeah, Venus and Sirius are the, the deepest memories of my being、uh, that I have remembered, and、uh, the blue star and Venus are guiding me because I know that those two incarnations or those passages are this soul's deepest connection to God,、mm. and and.、Uh, All of this happens simultaneously, as we talked about. These bleeding timelines is also a timeline on this planet where、uh, we were in a different cycle of the procession towards the Grand Central Sun, and there was a time where beings were in the frequency of God, but that got boring, didn't it? It、so、got boring, so we decided to enter well, separation. Exactly. So we're like, come on, I'm done with. Unity consciousness. Let's let's go into a different age. Let's be the heroes. Let's like let's experience the other densities of life.、And、this is why we're here. And、I'm、cycling back up. Cycling back up, and we absolutely have that potential if、uh, if we all do our inner work. And maybe the script is already written. Mm, 
I love that. Oh, I just want to give you a big ah, hug. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can we just drop quickly our connection in Bali, that magical moment? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yes, please. How did we meet? <gasps> okay, you go. Or do you want me to say it? So I was in <laughs> Bali at Seeds of Life Cafe. We love it. We Seeds love of it Life, shout out. Great, uh, great uh, Taoist tea there that I have got now. But as I turned my face, I was like, wow, this star being I remember deeply and my soul just walks in. And then we begin dancing. The next minute I'm... I don't know, holding you up and there's some maneuver happening. I'm like, what is happening here? Wow. I was late for an appointment. And if you know me at all, you know that I detest being late. And I was like, I'm just going to go into this cafe anyways. And even though my massage is in five minutes and it's a 25 minute walk. So I went in just feeling the pull of this, I don't know what, invisible force. I walk into the back and I see these two friends that I had just met at a month long breathwork retreat. And sitting next to them is this piercing blue eyed, curly haired Jesus Messiah figure. And like you said, as soon as we locked eyes, boom. You just looked at me and you're like, Florence. And Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. So if you can imagine two strangers meeting at a cafe, locking eyes, and then like I'm wearing just, you know, regular clothes. Like uh, I think I had on like a leopard print dress or something. And you picked me up and started twirling me like we were in a salsa club in the middle of a very humble cafe. And that speaks to... <laughs> that speaks to... How we can have organic experiences. Yes. You can lock eyes with a complete stranger exactly. and see your brother and know that all lifetimes are happening now mm-hmm. and that it's all collapsed into this beautiful present moment that there's no past lives. It's all now. Boom. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's how we do. And then we both found ourselves living in Tulum and so we were able to deepen our friendship. Absolutely. And that was really special. And you were there for me for so many rock and roll aftermath energetic experiences where i was like um i need some advice <laughs> like after that mushroom ceremony when you said uh, emily you have five thousand volts going through a system designed for 200 you need to ground baby I'm like, <laughs> okay i'm gonna hug a tree for three days straight <laughs> you remember that yeah, yeah. Um, that's why we're in it together absolutely. and we all need each other and absolutely you have also Showing me so many layers of my feminine heart and your magic as well. So yeah. we're growing together. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, so much love. I so hope much love. That... Hope you feel this love. Yeah, right feel the love frequency. <laughs> well, from one being of sacred service to another, you're such a boss. And I admire you so much. And I'm love so glad you. to swirl in this. Love you too. Love you. Lyron codes. Lyron codes. All right, for the next episode, join us here on the new Boss Beings of Sacred Service. We're going to be taking a deep dive into a topic that will help you express your feminine essence more. Whether you identify as a man or as a woman, we are going to be talking about the sacral chakra and all the gifts that it holds for you to become more in tune, more intuitive, and a better decision maker with a lot more to come as well. All my love, Emily, over and out. Yo, yo. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Emily Bauman, and I'd invite you to do three things if it feels good right now. You can subscribe to The New Boss, share the episodes that inspire or impacted you the most, and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. I'm a one-woman show, and your reviews feel like a total hug to me. And they really support us reaching even more bosses. Plus, you're invited to join me in the New Boss community at www.thenewboss.co. There you can go deeper, get more powerful tools, and receive higher levels of support than ever before while being surrounded by spiritual boss beings who really get you. So I'm Emily, and I hope to see you again for another episode of The New Boss, Beings of Sacred Service. So much love energy. Pew, pew, pew. Celebrating with you. And I'm going to leave you with this song. Tomorrow.